Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Last Ones In, where being late to the party isn't a bad thing. And first off, I want to tell you on this episode, because of the whole social distancing thing, we are in fact all recording remotely. So if the audio quality is a little off, it's because not everybody has a studio in their home right now. So that's how it is. And uh, joining me today is E. Hello. My sister, Samantha Archuleta, again. Hey! And Robbie. Hey, guys. All right. And this week, we will be taking a look at A Silent Voice. It is directed by Naoko Yamada, and the animation studio behind it is... Kyoto Animation, often shortened to KyoAni. And this time, the last ones in are Samantha Archuleta... And Robbie. I have seen a little bit of this, but it was more or less of me walking in whenever you and E were watching it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you saw anything that's spoilery. And I don't watch anime at all, so I've never seen this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> also, on that, on that note, I shall say that this is in Japanese. And I will, once again, highly recommend watching it in the original language with subtitles, because that's how I am. So, the places to check it out are Netflix for free on an American subscription right now, or it is available to purchase on Amazon Prime, and YouTube, and Google Play. I do not think it's available anywhere for rental, so it's either you buy it or you watch it on Netflix. Them's your your options, people. Alright, but before we get to the movie, we gotta get to the real important stuff here, people. Sam, what's up in your life? How you doing? I'm okay. I hate people. And <laughs> I hate my job. <laughs> I mean, it's still just a normal week for you, though. So even if this wasn't going on, COVID wasn't happening, this would be the same answer. Kind of, except it's a little harder because I have to serve everybody through the drive through at the liquor store. So That seems and- like a bad idea. <laughs> a drive-through in a liquor store. I mean, reasons like this is why they have a drive-through through a liquor store. Yeah, but I feel like there's a fundamental flaw in this. <laughs> I feel like maybe this isn't the reason why, <laughs> but it helps that they have it at this point, I guess. Because if you guys were a liquor it's... store without a drive-through, you'd just be fucked, right? Just be curbside pickup or whatever. Yeah, and I'm also annoyed that there is a stay-at-home order for Colorado, and literally nobody is fucking following that so <laughs> yeah actually yeah. i would say here it's a lot more people doing that it's kind of weird i know as for my store wednesday and thursday were like really fucking calm and chill they felt like normal wednesday and thursdays for slow days even and then yesterday friday was just oof everybody rushed in you could not walk two feet without literally running into somebody it was awful well, that sounds like a great time, Sam. Anything else going on in your life? No. <laughs> I work. That's all I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. So, Robbie, how about you? What's going on in your life, man? Just got internet yesterday, so I've been here almost a month, and I finally just got internet. You can finally look at porn again. I don't have to deal with those dirty magazines anymore. I mean, but, I would uh, just use my mobile data, but, I mean, that works, too. <laughs> 
I actually use my mobile data for things like just YouTube and Facebook and stuff like that. But I think I've used more data this month than anything else. Just that and mostly work. And uh, yeah, we actually have a these nice little pieces of paper we have to keep in our car now saying that we're allowed to be out at a certain hour since I work third shift. So I have to be to work at 945 at night and then saying that we're essential employees. Mm-hmm. I'm a hero, the handheld at my work said. So that sounds fun. I'm glad you got internet again. I mean, it helps with this, so... It does help with this. Otherwise, I would just have a mic pointing outside while you stand outside and yell into it. All right, let's move on to the man who's running this week's episode, E. What's going on in your life? Animating and Animal Crossing, mostly. This must be just a dream situation for you. Animal Crossing comes out right when the lockdown starts. All classes go online, like... You don't have a job, so you don't have to worry about that bullshit. I do have to worry about where money comes from still, but... It's fine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's great. Like, I literally just do the same stuff I always do, except now apparently (laughs) I'm doing the correct stuff instead of being made fun of. Right, I feel like I've been preparing for this moment my entire life, and now, before people would call me a lazy slob, and now I'm a hero and responsible and an essential employee, like... All of my life choices of being terrible at everything have led to me being apparently a hero, so there's a message in there somewhere. Live your life as lazy as you Yeah, they really are. (laughs) I really haven't had to change a whole lot about my lifestyle for this whole quarantine that's been going on. Yeah, like literally the only thing that I've had to change is that I'm not able to go to movies now, but that's fine because all the movies are coming to me, so it's like kind of a win-win almost, except for A Quiet Place 2, I will say that. A Quiet Place 2 was literally four fucking days from being in theaters, and then they just pulled it. I'm, ah, uh, I was so excited for that movie. I also, I was planning on looking for a job, <laughs> but, uh. I mean, people are hiring for temporary employees right now, so. Yeah, maybe. You too could be essential. That's, that would be the first time in my life, probably. <laughs> How is the Steam secondary host oh, on right. this fair day of the last Friday of March? I was about to move on from that. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm great. Uh, work sucks. Work in a grocery store. Everyone's literally the fucking worst. Uh, I hate my life. I have asthma, so literally I've just been forced to sit in the back room and do whatever I can find to do. The part to where people are literally saying that you're an awful human being because you don't have the right whole milk that they usually have, that part sort of sucks. Well, I think... That means it's time to start talking about the movie. And E, like I've been saying, you're the one that uh, is steamrolling this whole movie this week. So I am the iconic first one in. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to leave the rest to you, I think. Good luck. Godspeed. Don't regret your decision. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I feel like Sam knows the least. So I'm going to start with Sam. What do you think a silent voice, also sometimes called the shape of voice, is about? Okay, so it's an anime. (laughs) There's probably, like, some schoolgirls, maybe some tentacles in there. (laughs) No tentacles. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike someone, I don't bring porn. I literally don't know what this movie is about. <laughs> Until you got to the tentacle part, you're actually pretty on par. So there is 
school girls. There are school girls, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, are Although, they like... you could say that for 90% of anime and be correct, usually. Yeah, so. that's true. Exactly. So, are they, like, magical school girls? They, like, wear short skirts and they, <laughs> like, name themselves after planets or something? They have wands? <laughs> <laughs> That's Sailor Moon. Not too far off. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. I'm curious where you think the title comes into this, too. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, one of them is a mute or something. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, all right. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. You got one thing correct, at least. Okay. Uh, that's more than me a lot of these weeks, so yeah. I'll give you like a C plus. Ravi, <laughs> what do you think a silent voice, sometimes called the shape of voice, is about? From that little tiny bit that I watched uh, with you and Drya, uh, I know it's about this guy who, I'm guessing they're high school students, uh, he makes friends with this other girl who I'm guessing is also a high school student, and uh, she happens to be deaf, and that's what I know the most about it. The part with the 400-meter-tall mech, like, that part threw me off quite a bit, but, you know, the rest of it seems kind of like a slice-of-life anime. Of course. Why did I not mention the robots? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that part's just symbolism. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry about <laughs> of course. that. Is that, is that your yeah, I think it's. Synopsis? I think it's, it's, yeah, I don't know much yeah. else about this movie. Uh, if I if I remember how our podcast goes, I think next I read the back of the Netflix description. Yeah. <laughs> there is a box. I unfortunately don't own it. I actually recently was like, I should go buy it. And then um, the world ended, so I was not able to buy it. That would put a hamper on buying plans. All the stores just decided that they're closed now. Except for the essential ones, quote unquote. Like liquor and dollar stores. Yeah. <laughs> But here is the back of the Netflix description. A former class bully reaches out to the deaf girl he tormented in grade school. He feels unworthy of redemption, but tries to make things right. That's it. Oh, that's quack. Wow. Okay. So I think that means, with the back of the box read, that it is time to go and watch this movie. So we'll be back in... Just a little over two hours our time, and just a few seconds in yours. If you want to watch the movie before continuing listening, that'd be great. If you don't want to watch the movie and then keep listening anyway, that's great too. We welcome you either way. Be back in just a little bit. And we are back from watching A Silent Voice, the movie. That was an enjoyable two hours. I've seen it before, though, so I guess uh, my opinion isn't that important right now. But, uh, E, this is your... You're in charge of this whole episode, so I'm going to toss it over to you. Let's go ahead. I'll just start off with Sam, because I did last time. Sam, what did you think of the movie No Spoiler Enos? It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> that seems so certain. Um, I didn't hate it. Like, I don't like anime, but I didn't hate it. It wasn't like super cringe or anything like that. So, um, 
I will get more details after, but... <laughs> uh, yeah. So, on the scale of buy it, rent it, stream it, not it, what would you it? <laughs> personally, I personally wouldn't buy it. But yeah, I'd say stream it. But you seem to have <laughs> such a love for anime and all things Japanese. That's so shocking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, Robbie... Uh, your turn. So I actually did enjoy the movie. Uh, it is, like I said, I feel like it's a nice little slice of life movie. Like it is, I don't want to go too spoilery into it, but um, it was a beautifully animated movie. The way that they did a lot of the cuts and everything, a lot of the way they did the animations, a lot of the scenery in it, it's done very, very well. It has a good story that's meant to be relatable, but it seems like they uh, more or less made it for like someone who either they dealt with this personally or they felt like it was something that just happened within their region but it does it's very relatable to a very large audience i'd say this is definitely worth a stream though like like sam was saying it's not gonna be everyone's cup of tea but it is definitely a movie worth watching jariah you're next on the list i guess that's me yeah i think it's actually a really good coming of age story it does a great job of the jerk becoming not the jerk and life lessons and showing moral values and the value of friends and the value of growing up and becoming an adult and first loves and last loves and all that good stuff. I will say, however, that uh, it did lose some of its charm on this second viewing for me, so I'm going to have to say it's a stream or a rent, although for most of the places that you can rent it from, it's probably about the same price as buying it, so I would I would lean heavier towards a stream. It's worth a watch. It just... I'm not sure you'd watch it over and over again. So, uh, I've seen this four times in the last six months. <laughs> so I have watched it over and over again. I'll just, I, I just really... I was going to say, was it for the podcast, or was it just because you really like this movie? Uh, one was specifically because of the podcast, but the others were just kind of rewatching because I, I just love this movie a lot. It hits a lot of the notes that I just kind of like in general. I think the characters are really interesting. I think... The themes are really interesting. Uh, I'll have to explain myself more on the spoilers, probably. But um, I just really like this movie. And as I said before, I just I wanted to buy it. And I might suggest buying it. Of course, if you're not into, like, anime, like Sam, uh, <laughs> there's not a... It is a very Japanese anime movie. Well, depends how you define Japanese anime, if you are, like thinking of tentacles no but yeah i will say there is a lack of tentacles in this there, there is that's why this is not a buy movie for sam is just a lack yeah. of tentacles and giant robots there's no tentacles no mechs no magic girls like it is a it is a very slice of life movie as robbie said and that is definitely up my alley personally so that probably has a lot to do but i I honestly, personally, would call this a buy for anyone who is even interested, especially if you're like a Kyoto Animation fan. But yeah, okay. that's so. If you're way into the animations and the anime or slice of life, then sounds like a buy. If you're just curious about it, uh, give it a stream. Yeah, that seems about the consensus. I think with the initial ratings. 
and the non-spoilery talk out of the way, that leaves us on to the nitty-gritty deep dive. So, this is your very last chance, everybody. If you're really curious about this movie at all, go watch it right now, because we're going to spoil everything for you. See you in a little bit. Okay, um, so the movie starts and you see a man walking, and it kind of splits back and forth between multiple scenes. So you see him walking, then you notice he's crossing a calendar for certain events, such as quitting the job, selling all his stuff, leaving, uh, going to the bank. And one of the last scenes of this you see is he leaves money to a woman. Then it continues walking, and he reaches a bridge, looks over, and he is getting ready to jump. And you see him jumping, but then fireworks go off, and it snaps him out of the moment. And he, we're back in reality, and he just starts walking again and then my generation plays this is my generation by the who uh talking about my generation yeah that one Uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh sorry so fun facts um that song is written by pete townsend who actually is tone deaf in his left ear so you get that connection going there another fun fact so Naoko Yamada's, one of the previous works she directed is K-On! And that actually has a lot of songs that are inspired by the works of The Who. So it's kind of like inner works. There's this cool like thematic connection through that, which huh. I just think is kind of neat. That is neat. As my generation plays, Talking we are... about my generation. <laughs> so is that just any time we say <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I need my bass for this. We get to the flashback and you see the protagonist as a kid playing with his friends it kind of like goes through he's like jumping into the river and just running around with his friend and wrestling until uh you see him very bored playing with a pencil and then a new girl is introduced to the class she is a transfer student but when the teacher asks the new girl to introduce herself she just kind of stands there silently and then the teacher taps her on the shoulder and she opens up her backpack and brings out a notebook she introduces herself uh shoko uh and she reveals that she is actually deaf and says if anyone wants to talk to her to use the notebook to do so so you kind of see how day-to-day goes with her um towards the start all the kids are really interested and try to get to know her as it goes on the kids start getting annoyed at what she does an example is like in the music class uh <laughs> she obviously can't know when the song's starting so she start she starts singing at the wrong times and this culminates into when they are all reading and the teacher calls on shoko and as she is trying to read she is actually speaking because she is deaf she doesn't know how to speak properly yeah, she doesn't know the kind of tone that she's putting out or the concentration on certain syllables that she's supposed to be putting through. So she speaks her part, and then she sits down, and they're like, Shoya, your turn. And then he immediately starts speaking his part, but in a way that's mocking her in a super shitty way. I hate all the kids as little kids, and I hate most of them as teenagers as well. <laughs> that's kind of... Oh, same here, actually. <laughs> kind of the point. I don't, like... 
that's just kind of how a lot of kids are. That's what I had to deal with to high school, basically. Kids suck a lot of times. They understand what they're doing. They understand that it's wrong. But also, I think they just, like, want to act like they're being cool and... They don't want to be seen as lame. Yeah, because when you're that age, <laughs> being cool is kind of what's important to you. Yeah. Yeah, you actually care about what people think of you. <laughs> yeah, you don't, and when you get to my age... <laughs> I know, that's like, just a part of going up is you realize, why do I care what this, what these people I'm never going to see think? Which is why I don't wear pants to the store anymore. <laughs> but back to um, the story. <laughs> uh, it is at this point that the bullying really starts like the kids are just kind of avoiding her uh some are actively bullying her bullying her like hitting her and making fun of her yeah and it gets to yeah, a like, scene. like the main guy yeah he, the he's the guy, he's like the worst he's like actively bullying her other people are just like talking behind her back like in front of her actually she can't hear yeah. them so that's kind of like shittier <laughs> and everyone else is laughing about it which is an important thing to note for something that happens later. We get to a playground scene where Shoko's kind of trying to be with this group of girls. One of the girls, Ueno, says that they're just going to go home and says bye to Shoko, and they just kind of leave her at the playground. At this point, uh, the protagonist, Shoya, is throwing like pebbles at her, and... Like, tells her that everyone thinks she's weird. And instead of what he was expecting, Shioko asks if they could be friends in sign language, which he doesn't know. All he hears is she tries to say friends, and in response to this, he gets flustered and throws sand at her. Which is, I would say, an elementary school kid's normal response to a girl wanting to be a friend with him. Out of all the stuff he does, that's not really the worst. No, no. No, it's just the start of what ends up becoming worse. Next scene, uh, a new teacher shows up, and C suggests that they should all learn sign language to help actually speak to Shoko in a way she can actively understand. Well, we just keep using the notebook, because we already know how to use the notebook. Why do we have to learn something new because of her? I'll say Ueno is the one like actively saying this stuff. But one character, Sahara, actually says she'll learn sign language. By doing this, she gets ostracized by the rest of the class, basically. Her trying to be a good person, everybody decides that she doesn't deserve love. It gets to a point where eventually Sahara just doesn't show up to school anymore. Shoko lost her only real friend at that point. To bullying. Yeah. The next scene, the main group which is Shoya Ueno, uh, a girl who doesn't I haven't talked about too much called uh, Kwai Shimada uh, Shoya is writing s- stuff on the chalkboard like Koili being like way to go Shoko mm-hmm. you made Sahara leave and Shoko goes in there sees this and then Shoyo acts like he had nothing to do with it's like oh i'm all erased this for you don't worry so he erases that and shoko is naive and thinks he's actually doing something useful for her and writes thank you on the board the problem i had it is like she's deaf yes but she can't be that ignorant like 
she has to be aware of what people are doing to her, right? I think with what we see later on, we see that she is aware. She's just trying to play ignorant so that people like her. Maybe she's just too nice and I'm just not, not used to that. <laughs> what is this niceness that you speak of? It gets to the next scene and Shoya's doing another one of his dick moves, I guess. I don't really know what to refer it to as. That's half of what he does. So he makes a megaphone out of a magazine and then shouts at Shoko during class. Well, at the this teacher point. is just like, oh, stop that. He doesn't care. Yeah, the teacher sucks. <laughs> he doesn't yes. intervene at all. <laughs> so Ueno goes and like flicks her hair back and finds that she actually has hearing aids in. During this, Ueno asks to see one. And Shoko is like, okay. And then Ueno, or Shoya asks if he can see it. So Ueno tosses it to him. And he says, gross, there's something on it. And then tosses it out the window. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Kind of cuts to him, like a montage of him being shitty. And just like, him, con- like, uh, I him say, messing with It's not really just game. him. It's kind of just everyone being shitty. And like, the bullying's getting more actively worse. So... At the end of this montage, uh, Shoya tries to grab her hearing aids again, except something went wrong, clearly, and she starts bleeding. A big thing about this is Shoko still kind of tries apologizing as if this is something, somehow her fault. Yeah. Shoya doesn't like this. He... She tries to apologize with the notebook, and he's saying, if you have something to say, say it. And he throws her book into her notebook into the... the I don't pond. know. Immediately in the next scene, uh, Shoya is now in the pond with all his books on him. Then you get a flashback in a flashback, I guess, to yeah. during the class. And Shoko is not there, and the probably the principal is like, hey, uh... Shoko's mom called about all the missing hearing aids. That's a lot of money, guys. <laughs> she's lost eight hearing aids while she's been coming to this school, and I think that you guys know what's going on. It's a lot of money, so we need to get to the bottom of this. But yeah, the teacher just is like, Shoya, it's fucking you. Yeah, everybody knows it's you. It. Just fucking stand up and admit it. And then he's like, yo, Ueno, what did you see? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I guess he did. Which Shoya's like, What? You all guys all did it too. Like, wow, we, we, we wouldn't get bullied. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they completely throw him under the bus. <laughs> yeah, like this brings up a big thing that what we see as bullying, which is like the act of bullying, but there's the casual bullying that often gets brushed under the rug. And I think that's the important thing this movie actually does is like show that just because you weren't actively bullying doesn't mean you're not a shitty person. Like, even the teacher is, like, this is the first time he's actually done anything. Like, disregarding that he just doesn't pay attention to any of the abuse. As the classes go, he doesn't actually, like, try to include Shoko into the thing. He teaches as he always teaches, and she actually gets left behind and requires additional assistance from the other classmates. In some sense, he's also terrible to shoko so it's just this whole like in life we like to have just like one specific thing we can be like hey this is the cause but doing that we ignore this entire like infrastructure of issues that go through the entire thing now we're in a flashback 
real time, I guess, again. <laughs> yeah. Or not in the flashback flashback. Uh, he goes home, and his mom was called about the missing curing aids, and she confronts him like, is this true? Did you actually do it? And Shoya actually owns up. He's like, yes, I did. After this, the mom tells him, get ready. We're going over there to apologize. And she pulls out a bunch of money, and they go over there. The mothers talk to each other. She gives uh, Shoko's mom the money, and she's going to call Shoya, but Shoko's mom doesn't bother. It cuts. He's just kind of sitting alone, and his mom shows up. She's had her the earring ripped out of her ear, and she tells him, Hey, just from now on, can you just be a little nicer? <laughs> trying to hide it. From this point on, Shoya is the one being bullied because he's seen as the bully. No one actually cares. He is to a point like he is there after school because he's um he's on the cleaning duty basically and he sees Shoka cleaning his desk and he's really defensive like what are you doing what are you doing to my desk um I just I don't know I was fixing it he's like well, I can't believe you're doing this like he's angry at her about everything people want something to lash out to and in his eye that she kind of was and he just sees someone like messing with his desk so he does he's like what did you do and then he actually starts fighting her they are just fighting each other this is i actually like this part because she like finally stands up for herself almost he does straight up say that she's a creep to her at that point and like i think he shoves her and then she shoves him back and that's whenever they start fighting well she bites his hand oh yeah oh yeah because he grabs her by the collar and then she bites his hand and then they start fighting and it ends they're like, like on top of elementary him school saying. kids fighting. Well, yeah, but it's still, like slapping each other. But after that point, Shoko doesn't go to school anymore. Which I think was probably just her breaking point. Which it was, she's saying, "I'm doing my best," is what she was saying. She tried to constantly fix everything. It cuts back to the present, and Shoya's just kind of walking around with spring blossoms everywhere. But he goes into a building which is for sign language, and we find that Shoko's actually there, which that's the reason he actually came. And he tries to talk to her, but um, after being like, hey, it's uh, Shoya, uh, she immediately runs away. Yeah, just instantly. Rightfully so. She tries to hide. A bad hiding spot, by the way. Very bad. <laughs> like, she just kind of squats down near the stairwell <laughs> and hopes that he doesn't see her. <laughs> But at first, he didn't see her. He almost passed by her. He did. <laughs> so it kind of yeah. worked. <laughs> yeah. She, so he meets up with her and then hands her her old notebook that he has just had since elementary school. Doing this shows that he actually learned sign language, which surprises her a lot. As this goes on, he signs asking if they can be friends. Shoko kind of just starts crying as he's like, what am I even doing? So I have a question. Did he learn sign language to go and speak to her to make it right? Or did he just happen to learn sign language? I'm pretty sure, like, in his mind, that was one of the ways to kind of make amends for what he did. But uh, it does another cut, and a child is calling Shoya to come downstairs and get breakfast. Uh, this child's name is Maria. She is amazing and one of the, the best, best characters part of the movie. in this she, she's great. She's uh, very adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, as he gets ready, you actually see his calendar 
and one of the notable things about this calendar is all the days after his it was like April twenty fourth, wasn't it? It was like the fourteenth was the last day, I think. Okay, yeah, it was something that ended with a four, but I know it's like everything was ripped out after that point. Yeah, because and he, it's just sitting on the floor now. Yeah, because again, he was not actually planning on living after this point, so he goes downstairs, and the mom's all giddy, <laughs> and he's like, "What's up?" And she's like. Oh, just my son paid me back all the money he owed me. He's like, yep, I sure did. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, you worked so hard for all that money. You even sold all of your stuff, including your futon, in order to, uh, so that way you can pay me back. The yeah. $1.7 million yen, which I'm guessing is, I think it's like $1,700 in American uh, currency. So you subtract two zeros. Let me check. Uh, that is about... 16,000 or dollars roughly during this she starts to uh, coax out what his plan was by the way Shochan why did you try to kill yourself I've just been going through a lot of stuff but what should I say I knew it I knew it I knew something was up your room is unusually clean and your phone is off on top of that what's with that ominous calendar all the pages after April are ripped off Unless you promise me you're not going to kill yourself, I'm going to burn this. Seven, the 1,700,000 yen that you earned with your sweat and tears. And at this point, he at his mother's ear, which gives him the flashback to that moment in time. Are you even listening? Don't be stupid. You're the one who's stupid. Are you trying to kill your poor mother? Sorry, I'm really sorry. I'll stop. I'm sorry. Seriously. What are you going to stop? Tell me. I'll stop trying to kill myself. Do you mean it? I mean it. That's a promise, okay? And at this moment, the money starts burning. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah it's those. like she's she like relaxes her arm a little bit to say like, okay, like it's done, and then accidentally sets it on fire. And then you just kind of get to watch him try to start, stop the fire. It does not work. For <laughs> no. Yeah. So all while they're all screaming, and Kuru Maria is just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great scene. I love this scene. Really but good. um, he then bikes to school and he just kind of talks about how he was about to kill himself. Wasn't really expecting to get this far now. <laughs> yeah, and then while he's like riding along doing VO, you see like a weird broccoli man ride by him as well. <laughs> Could this character possibly be important to the plot later on? We'll just have to find out. Uh, as he does this, he flashes back to starting, I think it... This one is just, like, middle school. But, like, sometime during middle school and high school, uh, his old friend Shimada tells other people that they should just avoid him because he's a bully. And Shoya just internalizes this as what goes around comes around. Yeah. And just has lived his life saying that this is just what he deserves for doing that. Because of this, he ended up alone and as... A coping mechanism he just stopped being able to actually face anyone he can't look at anyone's faces and this is represented in the movie by everyone having crosses over their faces yeah he basically has crippling social anxiety because of this and he looks towards the ground so he doesn't have to see their faces and the disappointment on it uh in school uh the classes go out and you see he even like even the basically anyone 
he feels this way even like teachers and stuff which to be fair no, with his experience with teachers it's kind of yeah it's fair, fair <laughs> but during that say during that scene it was interesting to hear how he kind of internalized how everyone was talking about how he was alone and uh, it's not in their voices it's in his voice so it's like him yeah. internalizing what he thinks they're saying about him about how he's always going to be alone and how he deserves to be alone and oh, i was just about to get to that because uh Kawaii asks him about notes and something really like that I like that they do is he'll look at someone's face and then immediately avert his eyes down to somewhere else. Which is what I do as well. I mean, yeah, I kind of, I mean, I do that a lot. I can't look at people in their faces very much either. It's awkward. This is when that that part happens because it's when they're all going to launch and he's just imagining everyone's talking about him because that's kind of what you do when you have that issue you also see that he kind of invents a lot of situations for himself he like imagines what if he like tried to actually talk to his old friend about like oh i like this thing and then his old friend would be like oh i'm gonna just stop being a fan of that (laughs) you actually notice the old friend uh averts his eyes like he's not even seeing shoya as a person anymore at that point but yeah he goes outside to eat his lunch and he looks over and notices a familiar head shape at the other bench almost like a shape of broccoli that he may have seen before you know i'll say this that's how like i visualize people i'm like oh that's a familiar head (laughs) that's a carrot that's a broccoli yeah i'm like okay we got like we got some oranges over here we got like a beet with the lettuce part beets don't have lettuce but But uh, Shoya um, starts questioning if he's actually should be able to even see Shoko after what he's done. It goes to when he gets home, his mom sneaks up on him by slowly walking to the room and apologize for the morning, saying she wouldn't even want to use that money anyways, as that's his dead man money. Also, the mother isn't very supportive supportive of him. I know it's like stigmatized, like suicide in general is like stigmatized in Japan, but like, eh, I, mean, there's I a think lot of maybe she act like she cared. I don't know. Yeah. We fast forward again and uh, Shoyo is back into school again. And when he gets to school, he noticed the broccoli head shape is being bullied for his bike. Someone's like, hey, give me your bike. I I forgot something, definitely, and I'm definitely not stealing your bike if you give it to me. Initially, uh, Shoya's just kind of going to walk away because he's not really good at confronting things, but he's <laughs> decides to actually do something for once, and he's like, hey, uh, you want to use my bike? The guy's like, what, really? Yeah. He's like, yeah, you're God, man. And then it immediately cuts, it was stolen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, and right he just off. like that whole scene shows like he was stealing that other kid's bike and him by saying you can borrow mine. Like he just more or less gave that bike to that guy. I don't know, really know what you do in that situation other than just let them steal your bike. You slap him in the back of the head and tell him not to steal people's shit. Walk away, never think about it ever again. <laughs> okay. Or that. Imagine you show you who is known as the bully, and it gets out that you just smack someone in the back of their back. Would the back of your I back mean, be the front? I don't think you have a back or a front of a back. I think it's just a back. <laughs> I think you can have a top, yeah. okay. middle, and bottom of a back, but you can't have a front of a back or a back of a back. 
Well, actually, would, would the but no, I'm saying the like you know, he like on the inside of your body. Huh. I guess. So has nobody front ever tapped you on the back? back is just the front. I mean, in that same sense, uh, do you really have a back then? Because you just have a front of your chest and a back of your chest, but the back of your chest is the front of your back. <laughs> but because his bike's stolen, he actually uses this as like, well, maybe this is just the universe telling me I should not see Shoko. And he walks home, but on his walk home, whoa, a coupon. <laughs> and he's like, wait. Maybe this is the universe telling me I do need to see Shoko. And you get to watch him desperately try to grab his coupon because <laughs> he's just looking for any reason to actually see her. Also, I guess I forgot to note, uh, one of the things about Shoko is she likes to feed carp. I don't know why in the flashback it's specifically pigeons when it's carp for the rest of the movie. But she feeds carp. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> Maybe they forgot. Actually, this is based <laughs> off a of manga. Maybe the person who wrote the manga had that and then changed it later. It's very possible. But as he goes to visit Shoko in the sign language center, uh, there is someone at the door who says Shoko isn't there, and he can clearly see she is. <laughs> but uh, are you sure she's not there? Yep, I'm pretty sure. You should leave now. Basically, that's how the entire <laughs> thing goes. Uh, you see... Shoko talking to that person, that person says, oh, it was nothing, it was just a big rat. Yeah, you know, yeah. the things that knock at doors. <laughs> to be fair, Shoko probably didn't actually look at the door. That's true. At any point. And then, <laughs> but, the real star, well, the second best character of the entire thing, Broccoli Head Man, yeah. comes up. With his bike, of all things. Yeah, he's like, whoa, how did you find that bike? He's like, yeah, I just got so lucky, I just saw it in a field, I've been looking for it all day. This is the first nice thing to happen to Shoya in basically 10 years at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, wow, what is this feeling I'm having? What is this joy? When he realizes that uh, Broccoli Head, who actual name is Nagatsuka, but I'll let Jirai get away with saying Broccoli Head because that is one of the more complicated names to say. Yeah, Broccoli Head. Uh, <laughs> the cross on his face falls off so shoya is actually able to face this man yeah I, yeah <laughs> so yeah um from then on uh, nagatsuka gets a lot more friendly when they're biking to school he catches up and is clearly not able to keep up the pace but he tries his he tries his hardest you know yeah uh so nagatsuka um is like hey let's go have some fun and Shoya's like what what does that mean what is this definition of fun you speak of? Funnily enough, that's pretty similar to what they actually talk about. They end up going and having a day, go to the movies, they eat, and they just kind of have some normal people enjoyments. When they're eating, Shoya's like, hey, Nagasuka, you're like saying... Well, one, uh, Nagasuka gives him the best nickname of Yasho, which is equivalent is of someone just taking the last syllable of your name and putting it at the start, like... Uh, Jirai or B-Rob. Um, yeah, Shoya's like, so what does it mean to be friends? And Agasuka's like, it's acting like he's smoking a cigarette with a with a french fry, <laughs> something I do. And he's like, yo, Yashio, give me your hand. Or give me your palm. And Yashio's like, okay. And he, and he does like a little slip and he's like, yo, do it back. And then he grabs him and he's like, there you go, that's what it means. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. And he's basically saying there's no qualification to being someone's friend. Which, I think that's an in 
like a cool way to put it like especially with these two like there's no real reason they're friends they just kind of are friends they helped each other that's the only thing they actually did that's how friendship starts yeah. mm-hmm. Shoya goes to visit Shoko again uh, something I should know uh, is brought up that she specifically feeds carps on Tuesdays so every time he visits her it's another week basically so this whole thing's taking a place over months yeah <laughs> or at least one month at this point yeah because yeah it was every Tuesday she goes and feeds a carp wasn't it yeah uh, so Shoya's like gets blocked by uh, the character again I'll, I'll try to avoid their name for a bit because it kind of spoils thing. But uh, the character's like, hey, uh, I'm dating Shoko. And Shoya's like, oh, dang, I didn't, I didn't know she was into younger guys. Uh, you want this bread? It's good bread. I got the best bread. The guy's like, uh, you want to fucking not? <laughs> you want to go away? You want some bread? Yeah. You want to fucking go away? And as Shoya's about to just leave, Bam! Nagatsuka comes up and starts trying to beat up the dude. <laughs> he's like, like, hey, Yo, you, you don't got... talk to my friend like that. Shoya's like, where did you come from? And he's like, I <laughs> followed you. And he tosses the guy on the floor and he's like, Yo, when you need someone, I'm there to help. I think that's like, oh, so the turd has a turd friend. And Nagatsuka makes one of the best expressions, period. You need to like... If you haven't seen this movie, you need to just look up this guy. He just makes the best expressions throughout the entire movie. He is the most expressive piece of rock we have ever seen. And Jiraiya has watched Veggie Tales. Ah, I've watched a lot of Veggie Tales. Yeah, so, yeah, Broccoli's fighting, and because of all the commotion, Shoko actually looks at the door for once and is like, oh, hey, it's that guy. <laughs> and he's like, uh, I would need to not be here where there's a fight. Yeah, it runs off with his bread. Side note: If anyone is beating the crap out of you, don't let them. Or let them, and they become your personal kink. Make them extremely aware of how much of an erection you have. Just keep saying, "Oh yes, more, please." <laughs> For more bad life advice, please follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Anyways, so <laughs> uh, show you, yeah, show you runs. Uh, Shoko follows him. And they get on the bridge, whereas uh, the guy and Nagatsuka are looking from a balcony. Nagatsuka's like, dang, what's going on? Uh, the guy has a camera with him, so he's using that. And Nagatsuka's yeah, like... more or less eavesdropping on them. Uh, Nagatsuka takes the camera, is like, dang, they're moving their hands around. And he's like, they're probably using sign language, you idiot. <laughs> Nagatsuka's like, dang, I can't believe that Yashio had such a talent. So what are they saying? Who is that turd head right now? I don't know. I've never met him. What a turd. Then you get another great expression. And he's like, tell me what they're actually saying, son of a bitch. (laughs) But on the bridge, Shoya, when actually translated, is saying like, he felt like he actually needed a reason to go here and see her. She says she felt similar, like she needed a reason to see him. Then she brings out the notebook, which I guess she just kind of had... I guess that's, in her mind, the reason to see him was so she could actually read the notebook. Yeah. As she's about to read, he's like, oh, maybe we should not read that. And then accidentally throws it into the river. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately, Shoko jumps into the river to get it. And he's like, uh, maybe don't do that. And he tries to grab her, but is too slow. And he jumps into the river after her. He's like, 
and this is very cold and what the heck's on my head oh it's that notebook <laughs> and he <laughs> and he calls out Shoko loud enough so she can actually hear him and he's like uh sorry about tossing it into the river she's like no it's fine uh then it cuts back to the balcony and uh the guy looks very distressed seems like he has an issue and it cuts to nighttime where they are posting something online. They're posting the picture of him jumping into the river and laughing about it. Presumably the next day, uh, Shoya goes to school and everyone's talking about something, but he was too distracted because Shoko said, see you later. And apparently he's been thinking about that for like 12 hours at this point. Well, I think it, it became the difference of like, uh, oh, I just wanted to see you again. So like, okay, I'll see you l- later. Like, this is her way to invite him to, of, to see her again. So he felt like, you know, he had a reason to. So he didn't have to stress about whether he should go or whether he should find a reason to. Like, she, it was an invitation. Well, my thing is just like, it's like the next day at this point. It's just one of those things where it's like the progression of the conversation apparently he had feels like it should have been immediate, but he apparently didn't think about this that much until the next day. Yeah, everyone at school's talking about something, and when he gets to his seat, someone's like, hey, yo, is this you? And it's the picture of him jumping into the lake. Something interesting about this scene is he constantly thinks everyone's talking about him, and the one time everyone actually is talking about him, he actually wasn't paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> so then a principal, old person, whatever shows up and he's like oh no and he gets uh suspended for a bit for jumping into the river which is something you can get suspended for apparently i mean mean, you get suspended for a lot of stuff i mean i went to schools they would suspend you for whatever they can't suspend you for things outside of school activity that's bullshit yeah they can if you're smoking drugs they can suspend you not outside of school if you go to school high sure yeah what? Well, that's outside of school, for one, but... It just seems like a very small thing to get suspended for, but it is Japan, so... The only thing he said is, like, uh, the, apparently they're forbidden to go into that river, but he did it anyways. I think it's just the school trying to save face. They don't want to be known for <laughs> someone who jumps into rivers. Vigilante yeah. school. No ruffians allowed. He's writing, like, a sorry letter that you have to write when you're in school and don't care about. And then, uh... Since he's home, his uh, sister tells him to pick up Maria in the park. And he's like, I'm on, I'm kind of suspended and not supposed to leave the house. She's like, that's ah, fine. It cuts to him. He's just kind of chilling in the park with Maria. And Maria's being cute. That's what Maria does best. Yeah, so Maria notices <laughs> there's someone in the park. So he checks, and it's the it's the person from earlier with the camera. And he's like, oh, you're here. Hello. Notices that uh, he doesn't looks a bit roughed up, and he doesn't have any shoes on either. They're like, "Hey, uh, aren't aren't you mad?" And he's like, "Not really. For what? Uh, I kind of posted that picture. Actually, I'm kind of glad to know it was you because I think I know why you would do it." And she's like, "Get angry. What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Nah, I don't think I'll do that." It's like, I don't really have a reason to. Uh, then. Maria's like, oh, I'm hungry. We should go go home. And he's like, yeah, okay. As he goes home, uh, the person falls down. And he's like, uh, hey, uh, that's not good. And takes them to his house where they eat dinner. 
Mm-hmm. And Maria does more cute stuff and it's like feeds the person and it's just cute. Um, I don't really know Maria's what else to... Maria's really cute. Uh, if you watch this movie for one thing, uh, feel free to watch it only for Maria. Mm-hmm. Who is in maybe ten minutes of this movie, but that's fine. <laughs> there is a lot of like leg shots in this movie too, I noticed. Like they focus a lot on the legs. Is that like an anime thing or is it just uh, this kind of thing? <laughs> I mean uh, Japanese do like their legs. Well one, we also have a character who's not able to look people in the face, so that's why there's a lot of legs. Yeah, I guess that makes sense actually. Yeah, but also I think it was just like their way of not showing other people's faces. I don't know why apparently you can't look at his sister in the face. But uh, now it's nighttime and it's raining and uh, the person goes, just walks home in the rain, no shoes, and Shoyo like, catches up and like, oh geez, i glad I actually caught up to you because it's raining right now. <laughs> kind of just walks with her home. Who are you? Are you a hypocrite? Do you feel good taking the stray cat? You're just amused by it, right? You're just amused just because uh, she was deaf, right? Even you learned sign language now. You think you became a good person or something? You creep me out. Right. I guess Nishimiya told you. You're right. I'm a horrible human being. I shouldn't be living. But at least I don't want to make Nishimiya cry anymore. I don't mean to come between you guys. That won't happen. But this is also about myself. And then at this point, it's revealed the person was actually not her... Not Shoko's boyfriend, but her yeah. little sister. And yeah, because of... uh, as she's walking away, she says, oh, oh, she says, like, so you two live together? That seems kind of weird, don't you think? She's like, well, to tell you the truth, I'm her. And then, like, lifts up her pinky, and uh, he yeah. realizes it's sign language. like, oh, you're her little sister. You're not even a boy. Which I was really confused about when E showed me this movie for the first time, because I was like, I always just thought that that was a sister. So I was confused when everyone thought it was a boy. Yeah, and then when I watched it, I also was like, I don't see how anyone would think this is a boy. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Even when it was like, oh, maybe they're like hiding that they're gay or something, but no, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's because I think it's because she's she dressed very tomboyish and is not yeah. wearing a skirt. Also, her name's Yuzuru. I don't remember where this is actually said, but I'll just put it here. So Yuzuru is kind of crossing a bridge, and then you see Shoko's mom who aggressively walks towards uh, Shoya and then just slaps the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, he hasn't done anything at this point. In the past, though, he was a total dickwad. Total dickwad, and he deserved it. <laughs> it's silly because we know what he's like at this point. Yeah. They, uh, The mom and Yuzuru go home. When Yuzuru gets home, Shoko's really worried and, like, just apologizes because that's kind of Shoko's character and feels the need to apologize for everything. And the mom says, don't get involved with a person like that. Uh, tell Shoko to. Which Yuzuru replies with, I'll get involved with whoever I really care. Whoever I want to. I do what I want, mom! Basically. Then the next day, uh, Yuzuru comes to return the umbrella and Nagatsuka's there and is like, oh, you're not a bad boy after all. You're such a <laughs> gentleman. And uh, Shoya's like, hey, um, that's uh, Shoko's little sister. At this point, uh, Nagatsuka was, like, has his hand over, like, uh, like roughing him up. And it's like, he immediately takes his hand down and it just goes down the entire block. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> then I'll go meet with Shoko at the bridge, so presumably it's another Tuesday. Although at this point, I feel like they're close enough, maybe they just meet at that bridge because it's convenient. Seems like it's uh, a daily hangout at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, hey, uh, I happen to get a new cell phone. And uh, do you do you use it for cell phone purposes, perhaps? Uh, <laughs> is there anyone you might want to mess? He's like skirting around what he actually is trying to do, which is just to get her number. But he asks, like, is there anyone you'd want to text? And instead of saying him, because why would that be the answer when you when talking to someone asking you if you want anyone's number, uh, she's like, oh, I would really like Sahara's number from uh, elementary school. If you've forgotten, Sahara's the person who uh, who learned sign language for her. So it, presumably the next day, I don't know, time's, time's wonky at this point anyways. Uh, when he's thinking about, like, huh, how would I even manage to do that? Uh, he knows Kawaii, who was one of the persons who actually went to elementary school the only person who still is at his school is like hey uh do you happen to know how to contact sahara and she's like no but you know maybe if you ask the school you know it's the school that ueno went to and he's like okay i found the school and then he's on the train and then you know nagatsuka the fucking pimp that he is he just pulls out (laughs) hundreds of thousands of yen it's like yo show you i got you yeah, he pulls out like, like three ten thousand yen bills and's like, "I got you, bro." Because you know, Shoya gave all his mortal possessions and money away, and it was all burnt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, "Whoa, Nasuka!" And then uh, Shoko shows up, and he was like, "Shoko was so pissed that you were gonna do this without her. Come on, man, you gotta take her now." He's like, "Oh, okay." So they get on a train, and he's very like, "Well, what do I do?" And then Shoko uh, emails him or messages him. I don't know how Japanese phones really work as much. They call it emailing a lot. <laughs> and <laughs> She more or less gives him a text message. And uh, so they're just kind of emailing back and forth. And like, Shoko's like, I was really happy when I heard you were looking for Sahara. And I got your number from Yuzuru. Apparently he just gave it to Yuzuru at some point. Yeah, why not? As the train stops, um, they get off and they're going down the escalator. And Sahara sees them, which is crazy. I like this because, like, it really shows how much, like, Shoya just really focuses so much on, like, not noticing anything in his surroundings. Whereas uh, Sahara actually is able to see him. And obviously, like, Shoko's not going to notice because she needs to focus on whatever Shoya's doing. Yeah. Because, you know, deaf. <laughs> yeah, it's, but yeah, Sahara sees uh, them and, like, oh, is that... Is that Shoko? What? So she goes and like they meet up and they sit down and Sahara actually reveals that she continued studying sign language. So she is very fluent and they just kind of talk a bit and then uh, Sahara apologizes for just kind of up and leaving. Shoko's like, oh, it's fine. It's my fault because she always says everything's her fault. And Shoya just kind of is like, you know what? I... I feel like I'm done here, so I'm just gonna go. <laughs> kind of had like a, I don't feel like I need to be here for this conversation. Well, it doesn't help that Sahara just like, hey, look, you grew boobs. Did you go a full, uh, full cup size up and like just started like? And almost... she's like, uh, let me touch them to check. <laughs> it was a really yeah, it's like kind of playful. He leaves, 
And I guess just at no point did they ever, like, check on him. Because <laughs> he just leaves and he doesn't really hear from them until the next day. But uh, when he leaves, this person in a cat costume gives him a coupon. And he's like, hey, God, I know that face. Oh, it's Ueno. That's weird. <laughs> the next day, he's just kind of meandering. And he gets a message from Sahara saying like wow i didn't know you knew sign language too that's crazy and then she sent him a video of them doing karaoke anyway so he has this coupon for uh nyan nyan club uh for those who don't speak japanese that's a uh, meow meow club considering so- her uh like sexy cat outfit i thought it was just gonna be a different sort of meow meow club. <laughs> that's the point like like it cuts out and he's like i guess i maybe should have ueno meter and then you see uh, Nagatsuko, or Nagatsuka, sees the coupon, he's like, whoa, what the heck, man? Uh, and then it cuts later, um, <laughs> they're outside the club, and they're like, oh man, should we, should we really do this? Should we go in? Because, you know, when a person wearing, like, cat outfit, usually, usually means that's a different kind of club. So, they're like, ah, we, I guess we go in. And then uh, Ueno's like, Oh, hello, welcome. And then she's like, oh, shoot, I didn't actually think they'd come. She hides, and Shoya's like, oh, yes, um, one one hour, I guess. <laughs> and then, aha, it's actually just an actual cat cafe. Which, I don't know why they're disappointed. That sounds way better, honestly. Um, I don't know. I would like a cat cafe that has both. Uh, you're in luck. Those exist. I'm in. Or you can pet a real cat, and you can pet a girl that looks like a cat. Ooh. Costs, like several hundred thousand dollars also oh to, well to pet the people <laughs> How do you know? to pet the people i've done a lot of research can i pet the cats and stare at the people uh it will be significantly <laughs> less okay i'll do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i guess so for those who can are you pet the people and look at the cats <laughs> I think that would be less than petting both, so. <laughs> so i guess for those who aren't as knowledgeable about japanese stuff uh there's a lot of like cafes there's like cat cafes where there's a bunch of cats dog cafes uh maid cafes anime cafes all the cafes a cafe for pretty much anything that you could possibly want to spend time with any weird any fetish you have any fetish probably so yeah there's there's all these cafes uh they're pretty neat Going to like the cat cafe and you just get to pet a cat while drinking. Well, I hate tea, so that part's not as cool. But you can pet a cat and then drink some water because all the tea is gross in existence and there's no good tea ever. Can you pet some tea and drink a cat? Uh, that's animal abuse, so I'm gonna go with no. Damn, there's that fetish out the window. <laughs> you making fun of my lack of liking tea over there, Sam? Yeah, who doesn't like tea? Tea's good. He's gross. It's bitter. What you're drinking? The you, you just haven't had the right kind of. Tea. Yeah. You, I mean, someone. I remember in high school, someone told me that too, and they're like, "You just got to find a tea of your favorite fruit." And then I was like, "Banana." And they're like, "Okay, any other fruit that's not banana." <laughs> <laughs> also not grape. <laughs> also not kiwi. Mostly also yeah, not actually. fruit. Actually. I think a lot of the thing with tea as well is that it's very aromatic, and so that's a lot of the pleasure. And for you, that's just not there. Maybe you're just not British enough to enjoy a good cuppa. <laughs> are you insinuating that you're all more British than I am, though? Is that is that what I I'm think that's pretty yeah. accurate, Perhaps. yeah. 
Possibly. Do you see Sam's skin tone? I not really. Actually, she's in a closet right now. She literally looks like the ghost Aww. from Juon. You see her? You have seen me in person too, so. <laughs> I mean, I've tried. It's like it's like translucent, oh, though. It's kind of hard to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they can't find who I know. Um, Shoko is at the hospital. The doctor kind of sees something is up. Uh, you don't actually get to hear anything about this later. Uh, Yuzuru uh, comes home to give knickknack from Shoya and Shoko is just laying on the bed with one of her hearing aids out, kind of muffing her ear back and back and forth. I don't. She's <laughs> she's she lost hearing in one of her ears clearly, but uh, next day, uh, Ueno actually talks to Shoya for a bit and like is like pitying Shoko for being all alone. She regrets she says she regrets not talking to Shoya, but doesn't actually like regret anything she did. Shoya just kinda tells her to get off his bike because she got on it and as he is going over uh Ueno goes and runs towards uh Shoko and tries to do the thing where she takes the hearing aids and realizes there's only one this time. So again Shoko lost hearing in one of her ears fully. And at this point, you actually realize Ueno just didn't mature at all. That's a common theme you'll see coming from this point onwards. Yeah. And then Ueno actually laughs at the fact that Shoya thought to befriend Shoko, calling it fake friendship. Uh, then it's the next day again. This time, whoa, Shoko has her hair in a ponytail. That's crazy. Everyone's freaking out because they're like, well, like, why do you have your hair in a ponytail? Like, you're you you're always trying to hide your hearing aids. What's going on? So Yuzuru's like, uh, yeah, no, it's that's kind of crazy. And then she's like, oh, I gotta have Shoko or Shoya know about that. So he's like, hey, go. Yuzuru's like, go get the bread. So he goes, and on the way, he actually notices uh, Shoko. Something interesting at this point is Shoko's actually trying to talk talk to him mm-hmm. like though so, uh Shoya is having trouble understanding what she's actually trying to say this kind of em- makes Shoko a bit like embarrassed that she can't actually talk and she gives him she gives him a gift after he's like oh that's neat thanks uh she tries to profess her love to Shoya this is a scene that does not translate into English very well. I'm curious what they would have done for the English dub. So I actually, I did go back and listen to the English dub on this part because I was curious what they would do with it. It's literally uh-huh. exactly as the, the subtitles are uh, are put out there. They don't bother doing anything with it. So it just doesn't make sense at all then. Yeah, like it kind of sounds like she's trying to say I love you. And I guess I could sort of see how it would come across as something with the moon. Because, from what I understand, they did get an actual deaf person to do the VO for her in the English uh, dub. Yeah, uh, that was a fun fact I forgot to bring up, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so here it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it's incredibly authentic, and it kind of sounds sort of similar to the word moon, but not really. It still doesn't yeah. make much sense. So, in Japanese, uh, when you're saying you like someone, you say suki. And in Japanese, the word for moon is suki with a, a T at the start. So that's how that actually works. But uh, yeah, so Shoya misinterprets that as she's saying like something about the moon. And then Shoka just kind of runs away in embarrassment because she doesn't 
know what to do. So it's uh, Shoko at her house, and she tells Yuzuru that she confessed, and Shoya misunderstood. It is the next day at school, and Koi's like, yeah, um, I changed my hair. And Shoya's like, why'd you do that? She's like, ah, that's just something girls do. And Shoya's like me, and just takes that at face value, and there's definitely no other ulterior motives to that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's definitely me if someone was like, Oh, yeah, that's just something we do. I'll be like, okay, sure. <laughs> Kawaii's ex, or Cross, also falls off as he is able to face her. And she actually says that her friend, Mashiba, is talking about being friends with Shoya as well. So his cross falls off. Uh, they then all get to meet up at the bridge. Uh, Sahara's there. You get some nice hijinks about Nagatsuko. Shoya... Well, actually, uh, Shoko's not there. She uh, stayed home. And Shoya talks about the misunderstanding to Yuzuru. And Yuzuru gives him the advice to just kind of ask her to go out if she thinks Shoko is avoiding her and or avoiding him. And if she is, then she obviously She'll would not no. go out. Yeah. So he messages her, hey, do you guys want to meet up and stuff? <laughs> and then <laughs> it's the next day and they meet up at an amusement park. And when they're there... Oh, Ueno showed up, too. Which makes the whole situation get... far, far more uncomfortable than it needs to be. Yeah. Although just really for, um... Mostly just for Shoya. Yeah. The others don't really mind too much. Although for most of them, they don't know what actually happened between them. Yes. Then you get to Shoya and Sahara, and they get on the roller coaster. Sahara-san, was everything okay between you and Uno? Yeah, we were in the same school, in the same design department. I learned a lot from Nanochan's taste. When I was in elementary school, I used to be too scared to ride this because I was a coward. But I'm starting to like things a little differently. I figure I'll wait until after I ride it to decide whether it's scary or not. It's still scary, though. Here it comes! I chose to keep this one because I think this actually like perfectly describes Sahara's character just in this short little dialogue. Like You actually understand everything about her, why... Uh, like I think this just really gives the glimpse into how she views the world and even like she views herself as a coward who can't actually do anything and then after the roller coaster Shoya realizes he's having fun with friends something he didn't think he'd actually be able to do during this uh, Ueno asks for him to go get some takoyaki when he's getting it, the cashier's like, here you go. And then he hears the cashier tell Ueno to mind her own business. And Shoya looks at the cashier, and it's Shimada. And Shoya starts walking away, and crosses go over Shimada and Ueno. Ueno thought that maybe if Shoya and Shimada actually talked, that they could reconcile. And Shoya's like, why don't you just mind your own business? But he realizes he basically did the same exact thing with Sahara. It's just that one turned out good. Yeah. You and me are kind of the same. No, we're not. We are. We're not alike. If Nishima-san hadn't shown up, we all would have been happy. Don't assume that. But that's the truth, isn't it? If it wasn't for her, there wouldn't have been nothing to get between Sahara and me. Things would have gotten ruined between our Ishida and Sarama. I want things to go back the way before Nishima-san came. Me and Shimada. I ruined that all on my own. Do you hate me, Ishida? <laughs> Probably. I think I want to go ride the Ferris wheel. 
I'll go write it with our Nishima-san. This is really the first moment you like really understand how Ueno views everything. Like she feels like she's this tragic victim in this whole thing when she really caused everything. She thinks like everything was caused by something else then she's not actually responsible for any of the things that come even though she's probably one of the biggest reasons everything happened. So you go on the Ferris wheel and it cuts to later when when uh, Shoko and Ueno are going on the Ferris wheel, Yuzuru gave Shoko the camera and it's because later you actually see what the conversation on the Ferris wheel was. And then Yeah, she turned the video setting on so she can once again kind of eavesdrop on what was going on. Yeah, and the next day it shows that Yuzura was actually recording video through the whole thing the whole time, and she goes over to Shoya's house, she's like, I have secret footage, let's take a look at it. And then they go and put it on the computer, and you see that it's a view from the camera to um, Shoka and Ueno on the Ferris wheel talking. Listen, I hate you. Let's not use that, like referring to her, bringing the notebook up to her. I'll speak slow so you can understand, and I'll listen to you carefully. Back in elementary school, I didn't understand you nearly well enough, but you didn't try to understand me either. So instead of getting a clue, you gave me your stupid notebook. You're always acting weird. When something happened, you just apologized straight away. That's why I changed how I did things. I ignored you. I talked about you behind your back. That was a sign telling you not to come near me anymore, but you didn't get it. You just got back in by by telling the adults. And as a result, that's how you should have lost friends. So many things got ruined around us. I'm sorry. I don't even want your apology. Or we were both desperate back then. Looking back now, I don't think we could have done anything about it. But I don't mean to say that we should be friends after all this. I still hate you. And you hate me. So why don't we just coexist peacefully? Between people who hate each other. Let's shake on it. I don't hate you. I hate myself. What was that? What is that? Now what? You're just gonna say sorry again? Just like five years ago? You have no intention of talking to me. What do you think? I want Nishimiya to like herself. You just get the full front of Ueno's terrible, twisted way of how everything actually went in the situation where, yeah, how apparently doing nothing is equivalent to actively trying to understand someone and just being a terrible person somehow equivalates to just a thing you're allowed to do apparently where she's just like oh yeah I just talked behind your back and you should have taken that as a reason to not come near me it's basically Ueno trying to blame her for her being bullied another thing is she just has it so set in her mind that it's a two way street she hates her and Shoko hates Ueno when that's just not how it actually is and when I was just like, she has this thing where she just rationalized it to herself that everything bad that happened to Shoko was because of Shoko when Ueno's really one of the main ones at fault throughout the entire thing. Yeah, the main instigator for a lot of it almost. This is what I was like, Ueno never got the same thing that Shoya had to go and as a result, she never actually got to mature like Shoya did. Yeah, she basically didn't learn the life lessons that he did. So he was shamed into basically being a recluse to whereas she never had to deal with any of that. So she never had the negative feedback of like, you can't be this human being. You can't treat people like garbage. Because again, like one of the first thing that 
Ueno does when seeing Shoko again is trying to steal the hearing aids from her. Yeah. Again, this is the thing that got Shoya ostracized from the entire classroom, and it's just something she did casually. Again, it just kind of goes to that thing I was talking about where, like, there's just this sort of, like, casual bullying that doesn't get brought up. And as a result, it's not, like, the people don't learn from it that that's not something you can do. Yeah. But after this, uh, you see Mashiba talking to Shoya. Apparently, it's been getting around that uh, Shoko used to be bullied. And Shoya assumes that Kawaii is the one who says that since she's the only other person at the school who would know. Kawaii gets extremely defensive and claims that Shoya hasn't changed. Tells Mashiba that Shoya was the one who bullied Shoko and denies any possible like influence that she possibly could have. And even going as far to say she was trying to stop Shoya. And just does the same thing that they did back then was just start publicly shaming him. Just pointing fingers at each other. And they don't take blame for their actions at all. (laughs) Yeah. Same same thing they did before. It's not cool. I don't like it. Like it's like this thing where they the others never actually got to experience what Shoya did, so they never actually got to move like become a better person. And uh Shoya is overwhelmed by all this and just Go has to puke from all the stress and anxiety and just goes home looking down as he can't face reality again and he stops at a river and just tells himself that he hates himself too I, I just really like this scene because I think it really just shows where um, Shoya is at emotionally like he still constantly doubts if he's even worthy of doing stuff he never actually got over his dislike of himself he never never just becomes a i don't want to say normal person but he doesn't become a healthy person i'll say because he just never given the opportunity or the the space or the environment in order to fully thrive and so he always has this thing in the back of his mind of he's never going to be good enough or he's never going to be the right person or he's always going to be seen as that cruel human being and he'll never be able to be seen as being anything but that eventually he goes back to the bridge they meet at to meet shoko and yuzuru as he gets there uh you see nagatsuka kawaii and mashiba and ueno show up kawaii kind of tries to apologize for what she did but in the apology she still blames shoya about really everything saying she's sorry but Shoya is the one who started all of this so it's really his fault because again she doesn't she can't fathom the idea that she actually could have been a part of this she has to distance herself she always deflects any possibility as she's saying this terrible apology um Ueno interrupts saying like this doesn't make any sense because of course in Ueno's mind it's all Shoko's fault Kawaii's saying like Ueno's also a terrible person and Ueno's like you, we all bullied her. And Kawhi's like, you actually, no, you bullied her, unlike me. And Ueno, at this point, says, you know, you're right, you didn't bully her, you just laughed and went along with all of this. Again, bringing back into this, like, casual bullying yeah. that is so prevalent throughout the whole thing. Like, 
sure, Kawaii wasn't the one calling her names and, like, talking behind her back directly, but she actually, despite what she says, she didn't do anything to stop it. She just went along. She would laugh at it. As much as she acts like it was disgusting to her, she just kept going. And as went, with the mob mentality of it, yeah. anything. As when I was doing this, uh, she talks to Sahara. Is like asking Sahara what she thinks, and immediately before anything, Kawhi's like, "Oh well, Ueno used to talk behind Sahara's back too." One again, she just deflects anything. She doesn't want to have to deal with being possibly at fault. An interesting thing is Ueno doesn't actually deny this fact. She just says that she only claims what's true, which that's just something a lot of people do, in my experience, is like, well, you know, I was mean, but I said the truth, which, you know, is terrible. Like, listen, I'm just a brutally honest person, but usually people who say that uh, usually never have anything nice to say. And then the next thing is Sahara, like, doesn't actually take a side. She says that both of them scared her. And this is cool because this is the first time, like, that Kwai is shown as one of the bad people from someone who's not like Ueno and Shoya, like just someone who was on the side. At this point, Shoya is overwhelmed again and he covers his face and he begins to just say everything he's thinking. Stop it. It's all... It's all my fault. I hate that kind of logic. Ueno, don't just (laughs) selfishly assume everything. Shiraku... You don't have to put it like that. Stop it, Sara. You're just going to run away again and regret it. That you're a coward. Oh, it's kind of indie, Irishukun. Kawhi, stop talking! You just always adored yourself. Yeah, show. I'm on your side. Stop saying you're on my side when you barely know me! I can't take it anymore. I'm going home. Yeah, show. It's okay. I'm not bothered by it. Shochan, see you later. Sorry, Ishii. I shouldn't have come. Ishida-kun? That was way too mean. Outsiders shouldn't be able to interrupt. I thought we were friends. This is really the first time since he was a kid that Shoya gets to speak his mind entirely. And he and just, just kind of like, he uses it to basically just shut down everybody. Ueno's actually is really interesting because this is her saying, sorry, Shida, I shouldn't have come. This is the first time she's actually like let herself be the reason for something bad. She doesn't blame Shoko. She doesn't blame... She doesn't even blame uh, Shoya. She's just like, I shouldn't have done. I shouldn't have come. This is something that I instigated. Yeah, she's basically finally admitting to all the wrongdoing that she's done and trying to make everybody else also face up to any of it. Sara's also an interesting one, which she doesn't say anything to Shoya. She just tells Shoko goodbye. It makes sense to her character, really, because... She knows what Shoya said is correct about her. She knows that she ultimately is just a coward. It's a shame that she also has to like get put into here because she's also she's really is a victim in all of this. Her one flaw is that she is scared. She kind of can't grow as a person either unless she realizes how to face anything like Shoya has to do. But as everyone leaves, uh, Shoya asks Shoko about what they're going to do over summer vacation. And 
as soon as he actually looks at her face, he just stops in his tracks because he can see she is clearly just hurting. It's the next day, uh, Shoya is getting ready to visit Shoko, kind of practicing what say, saying very dumb stuff like, this is very good bread, <laughs> just like you, it's good bread. <laughs> just dumb stuff, but uh, as he gets through the bridge, there actually isn't anyone there that he notices. It's until he starts to feed the carp that he notices that Yuzuru is in the distance crying. And so he like yells, he's like, hey, Yuzuru, oh, wait. And then it looks a little closer and sees that she's crying. He's like, well, I'm not going to bother her. I'm just going to sit down here and eat my bread. And he starts doing that. And then she comes up and she's not crying anymore. She's like, hey, what's up? Another thing is that Yuzuru is in her uniform, which is something very weird for her character. And he's like, why are you why are you in your uniform? Well, she says like, oh, it's my school uniform. Do you like it? And he's like, yeah, but it's summer now. She's like, yeah, well, if anyone asks, I'll just say it's cosplay. I think that many characters do where you kind of just skirt around the actual answer. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll tell people that this is what it's for, not like actually giving what it's for. Uh, Yuzuru is kind of like, all right, well, I got somewhere I need to be, I guess. And Shoya offers to walk her there. And it takes a bit of convincing, but eventually he does get to walk her to the where she's going. And at a point she says that it's far enough. And he looks and... It is the funeral for their grandmother. They have the funeral for the grandmother. Um, later, you see Yuzuru is kind of walking around, sees her mother crying alone in the bathroom. And then you get just a nice somber moment with Yuzuru and Shoko just sitting around watching a butterfly around a pond. I, I just really like this scene. I really like the music choice that goes with it. I really like that this movie allows for just scene with no dialogue like this one did yeah i mean i really like the song but it's no my generation so you want you want more who in this <laughs> i could take more the who well if it was like the who playing this song though but they still <laughs> gave it some vocals <laughs> i would be down after this uh shoyo does message shoko just asking if he if she would like to go somewhere tomorrow they visit this like nature center art thing I don't really know how to describe it. You'd have to... It's it's weird. It's like a bunch of abstract art and a bunch of cool nature shit. So whatever that sounds like in your mind is probably fairly correct. <laughs> so they just kind of wander around. Another scene that just kind of doesn't have any dialogue. You get to just watch the characters interact with their surroundings, which is always nice. Yeah, I think that the most important thing about this is how off shoko is about this whole thing like she is not as peppy or as happy as she has been through the whole movie she feels a little off about the whole thing and as this happens uh they're on this like a cement wall thing i don't again i don't know how to describe a lot of the stuff during this part it's like a cement and, uh, uh, barrier that would be used on a creek yeah and then uh shoya trips uh shoko tries to grab his hand before he starts sliding but is unable to and he just kind of and slides like a foot foreshadowing <laughs> yeah shoko starts apologizing like she always does but not for like not being able to grab him she apologizes saying that shoya will be unhappy with her because she blames herself for the fact that all the friends kind of broke up at the bridge right there and again Sh- shoko is deaf as is apparent so she doesn't actually get to fully know 
what happened on that bridge unless really Yuzuru told her. And everything that Yuzuru has is tinted in almost this type of jealousy. Yeah, so she probably doesn't actually get to know what happened on that bridge. Yeah. This is just kind of speaks to her character again, where anytime something bad happens, she just automatically assumes it's her fault. Pretty much. Shoya, not fully understanding how to deal with this, of course, says, uh, it's not, don't worry, it's fine. And says, hey, why don't we just go somewhere tomorrow, too? And you get this kind of, like, I don't know if it's a montage or if they just did a bunch of stuff, but um, it's just kind of how they would spend some time together over a bit. And Yuzuru's there, too, and there, it's kind of this weird atmosphere where Shoya's trying extremely hard to, like, be upbeat and happy, you know, something that Shoya kind of isn't. Yeah, trying to level out the energy. And towards the end of this, they're kind of eating, and Shoya's like, ah, uh, like, this was great, uh, what should we do tomorrow? And Yuzuru says they actually already have plans, and Shoko invites them to these plans. Uh, and then you realize the plans are for the mother's birthday. They are going to make a cake, and Shoya is very concerned. Yes. Because he legitimately thinks he might get killed. <laughs> because the mom hates him. <laughs> this speaks to Shoya's character during this, because, again, all he can really do at this point is just question if he's even allowed to do this, like, if he's allowed to be at this location. I think part of it is that uh, mixed along with He's just kind of scared of the mom. Well, that too, yeah. Uh, then the mom gets home, and she's clearly very uncomfortable by the fact that he's there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the sis, Yuzuru's like, no, it's it's a party, mom. You cannot kill him. <laughs> Please. <laughs> they, eat, they eat the cake that was made. The mom says that she submitted some of the pictures Yuzuru takes. And as per Shoko's suggestion and yuzuru then kind of is like oh guys it's not even that good by the way there's fireworks coming tomorrow we should all go together including shoya and shoya's like oh it's fine no i'm okay and she's like oh no for sure so they all go to the firework festival uh it's a very japanese thing so if you don't know what they are you could probably just google japanese festivals just imagine fourth of july yeah, and with Pan. a bunch, of, but like with a carnival with it. Actually, I don't do a lot of Fourth of July stuff. Do they do carnivals for those? There's like big get-togethers and parades and all kinds of stuff with it. There you go. Imagine the Fourth of July, unless you exist in like not America, in which case, don't imagine because I think that will blow up the world. <laughs> Just imagine a giant party, but then there's giant explosives in the air as well. Almost like a giant New Year's party, if anything. Everywhere has a New Year. That is except true. for North Korea. They only have one year. They have to share it. Yep. <laughs> this podcast is now banned in North Korea. It's the Fire Festival. Uh, something I like about this scene is you actually do get to see momentarily what every other character is up to. An interesting point I think this makes is a lot of the characters are just alone during this, just kind of watching the fireworks from their house. Yeah, because the group is all split up. During this... Uh, there's a point where he and Shoko are alone and he's like asking about her birthday, which was June 7th, which had already passed. So he says, let's celebrate it together next year. And uh, I don't know 
Japanese sign language, so I don't. Uh, but apparently, the together he used kind of is like a close together, probably. Yeah, but she's basically like, yeah, for sure, let's do that. Uh, but I gotta go right now. I have homework to do, and I got all kinds of stuff. She's like, let's hang out later. She's like, yeah, I got homework to do, and then she leaves. Like, the important thing about this is he says, see you later in signing, and she just says goodbye. Yeah. But Yuzuru and the mom return, and Yuzuru's like, oh, hey, I forgot the camera. Can you go get it? So he goes to the house for the camera, and as he grabs the camera, a firework goes off, and as he looks at it, he notices Shoko's watching the fireworks on the balcony, and she starts climbing on the balcony, and she is standing at the edge of the balcony. He realizes what's going on. And so Shoya, at this point, starts freaking out, and he starts running to try and stop her. He's yelling like, no, Shoku, don't, don't, don't! And he's getting there and closer and closer, and he runs into the kitchen table and trips over a chair, slowing him down. He falls over, kind of writhes over in pain, gets back up, runs out to the balcony, and you see a drape go in front of our shot, or our view, I guess I should say, because it's not a shot because it's animated, but in front of our view. Um, I think it's still a shot. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And so it makes it seem like she has successfully jumped, but then it goes to the shot a second later, and he barely grabbed onto her. Well, I think another thing about this scene, too, is uh, he uses her last name this entire time whenever he's trying to catch her attention. And uh, it's not until she's getting ready to jump that he does yell out Soko. Shoko. And then uh, another thing that this scene does is it a scene, it does a couple seconds of just complete silence as you watch fireworks go off mm-hmm. before you actually see that he that uh, Shoya actually grabs her. He saved her. At least so he thinks. And he only has one arm holding her. And people weigh more than one arm can usually support, so he gets the other arm. And at this point, he starts praying to God, saying, like, if he can do this, he'll stop running away. He'll face people head on. He'll start doing things right tomorrow. And as he pulls her, she actually starts uh, pulling herself up as well. Uh, he then notices the scar from her hearing aids, and he's like, did I ever actually apologize for that? Uh, Shoko grabs the railing, and Shoya starts re- giving one large pull, but because he doesn't have a grip on the balcony, he actually falls off as she gets up. And falls into the canal below. And his life starts flashing quickly, and sirens are blazing, blaring. It cuts to the hospital. Uh, Shoyo's mom comes in Yuzuru's asking about visiting then Shoko's mom comes in gets on her knees and just well first Shoyo's mom assumes that Shoya had something to do with it knowing his nature instead Shoko's mom gets on her knees and just starts really apologizing at this point it's revealed Shoya did Shoyo's mom doesn't even know what actually happened which how could she really but Yuzuru says that Shoya just saved Shoko. And then it cuts to Ueno, who is throwing Shoko against a fence, asking why Shoya is the one who's hurt instead of her. Because ultimately, that's how Ueno still views the world. Like, 
everything revolves around the fact that Shoko exists, basically. And that's how everything bad happens. Ueno probably thinks that Shoko's the reason World War II happened. I don't know. Then uh, Shoko's mom... Well, Ueno's, like, getting really aggressive to, like, calling Shoko a blight and everything. And she's getting ready to hit Shoko again when Shoko's mom steps in and then just slaps the fuck out of Ueno. And then you just get a fight between Ueno and Shoko's mom. You know, that's actually thematically correct for Ueno. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so they actually start, like, really fighting until Shoyu's mom steps in to stop it. And then Shoyu's mom gets gets up to Shoko, and Shoko just breaks down and can't really say anything other than that she's sorry. Then it kind of cuts to what's happening after that with Yuzuru starting to take down the pictures saying that she only really took the pictures because she thought maybe if Shoko saw them she wouldn't think about killing herself anymore and then it cuts to the hospital again and Ueno is a bitch and refusing to let Shoko actually visit in which case we see Nagatsuga come along and he is not strong enough to actually open that door (laughs) But using this time, he starts talking to Shoko, and she very much still blames herself, saying that everything is kind of her fault. But Nagasuka says Shoya actually accepted him for who he is, and he must wake up because of that. And Shoko says she just wants to restore what she destroyed. In the coming days... Shoko gathers all the people that she feels she'd wrong somehow at that time on the bridge. And Kwai is just kind of... She kind of has that thing where you don't really know what to say about to someone who tried to commit suicide. So she's just like, you have to push through the bad things. Yeah, and then uh, Mashiba's with them and he opens her notebook saying that what her goal is uh then shoko visits ahara who just admits she doesn't have the courage to actually see shoya even if he woke up because she just doesn't think she's actually changed as a person but shoko tells her that from now on she can change which i think that's a really important thing for people to know is you can change it's not it's not like a binary thing just because right now isn't the best you can be doesn't mean that tomorrow you can't then is the hard part of getting ueno who just for multiple days just ignores shoko and the only thing that really gets her is one day it's raining and shoko brings an umbrella and has it over ueno follows her keeping it covered even then, like, she's still trying to avoid her, but she just notices that she's trying to hold this umbrella above her head as she's walking away. And then you start to see some, like, it, I don't really know, like, it has, like, the flashback effect that they use in the movie. And you see kind of, like, Shoko during the elementary school, how Shoya treated her. Then you see 
it cuts to a scene with Shimada talking to the police as he, like, right after the river. Then you kind of see a lot of text, which is kind of how Shoko dreams due to her being deaf. You see what Shoya was, what she views Shoya as saying in her dream. Saying, like, kind of awkwardly laughing, talking about how he was going to kill himself, and that Tuesday is coming to an end. And Shoko wakes up, and my favorite song in this entire movie starts playing. Uh, it's just kind of referred to as SLT. Or as how all the cool people refer to it as... My generation! You know, if there weren't other songs in this movie, I probably would say that's my favorite song. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Shoko runs to the bridge and starts crying and just, like, scream crying. I don't really know. Wailing? Wailing. Yeah. So then suddenly uh, Shoya wakes up and he's very confused and he has a bunch of IVs and stuff and he just rips them out uh, pro tip if you're in the hospital don't do that that's very dangerous yeah it's, it's fine he, he was fine <laughs> he totally didn't bleed out everywhere so he's fine yeah. uh, and he also just kind of runs to the bridge not again he doesn't really in his mind he just kind of he just fell in the river whereas it's been probably months at this point yeah i'd say probably so he runs to the bridge and when he gets to the bridge he sees shoko and she right understandably doesn't actually think that he's real so she goes to touch him and is taken aback when he actually is the corporeal corporeal being i don't at this time shoya's kind of breaks down from really everything He's like asking if she's okay, he's saying he's fine, and he finally takes the time to just apologize for everything. He feels like he just didn't do enough to actually prevent her from feeling the way she was, but she blames herself, saying it's because she couldn't change. And at this point, uh, Shoya reveals that he also was at a point in his life where he just wanted to end everything. But now he wants to apologize for everyone. Or to everyone. Uh, the next day... Well, actually, I don't know how long, how much time, uh, considering he ripped out his IVs, maybe this is a couple more weeks than uh, expected. Yeah, it's but... a little while later. <laughs> yeah, he finally gets to go home. And then there's Maria, and you get to see Maria be all sad. <laughs> and she's like... Shoshad, you're alive. Wow, I'm a baby. You get to see more of the best part of the For, movie. When he's there, he notices Ueno, and uh, his mother's like, oh yeah, she uh, she helped she helped you in the hospital. He's, he actually takes this time to talk to Ueno, who, as a surprise, says she was good for nothing, and because she actually, she still couldn't come to like Shoko during this uh, entire thing. Uh, Shoya finally takes the time and faces Ueno and thanks her directly. And as she leaves, the cross that was on her face comes off. Uh, when he gets back to 
his house. Uh, Yuzuru there. Yuzuru is there. Uh, she's like, "Hey, take a look at this." And whoa, her photos were chosen for some magazine. <laughs> and then she's like, "Yeah, but also look at this." Whoa, she got a four on her English test. <laughs> and then she's like, "Shoya, please help me learn to study." All right. So the next day is the school <laughs> festival. Uh, that's the Japanese thing. The festivals at school. Actually, one thing is when he's getting ready, he actually fully tightens his tie. Which during the entire movie, his ties are very loose, which makes sense considering his character very timid and not committal. So him actually taking the time to fully straighten his tie kind of shows he has come a long way in some sense, but uh, he beats Shoko, and when he gets to the festival, he does realize he still can't face people, though. Which I like, because that's... Again, he actually basically woke up a day ago, and it is the same person that fell off. And that's not something that could that easily go away. He did promise God, though, so I mean... I mean... He's like, I'm gonna start talking to people. Tomorrow. Said, yeah. Uh, well, tomorrow okay. was a long time ago for this <laughs> <Yeah>. point. <laughs> Maybe if he was awake, he would have. Who knows? But uh, he kind of like just bends over and sits at a wall and just talks to Shoko being like, yeah, uh, I kind of don't fit at school very well and can't really look at people. And Shoko's like, that's okay. You can take your time. And then he goes to the classroom, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, it's it's Shoya," and he's like, "Ah!" Uh, and they closes the door. Maybe one of my best, he, more, yeah. one of my favorite things in the entire movie. But uh, he then goes to hide in the bathroom because what else do you really do? Nagatsuka, Nagatsuka goes to check on him, and Shoya is very like still not able to face him because again. In his mind, the incident at the bridge wasn't that long ago. But Nagatsuka, being the best character that he is, is able to break uh, Shoya out of the funk uh, and reveals he has a tiny mustache now, which is a very important thing that needed to be brought up, mm-hmm. of course. So they exit the bathroom, and when they do, uh, Kawhi and Mashiba are there, and Kawhi was trying to do the 1,000 cranes, which... Basically, the idea is you make a thousand cranes for people to become healthy again. So that they turn into uh, cranes. Yeah, so they... Well, cranes are notorious for being healthy, yeah. so... How else would construction but, work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so Dry is now a fan from two <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> then Ueno and Sahara show up. Sahara apologizes. Ueno is Ueno, so she can't, like, actively act like she's a better person but something she did do is she learned a bit of sign language mostly just to make fun of shoko but it still goes a long way considering her character shoko basically goes over to like she basically is like oh wow like i know you're trying to do this to make fun of me but like you actually went out of your way and it means a lot that you went out of your way to learn this even if it was to mock me yeah she went out of her way to call her a moron and then she's like oh wait no you got to say it this way yeah, and then she got embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Shoya's like, you know, guys, I I want to see the festival with you guys. So he gets he gets out, and during it, he 
finally says that he he finally realizes he needs to face everyone. So he doesn't he doesn't cover his ears. He lets all of the sounds just go in and he actually looks at people and by doing this all the crosses on people's faces fall off. You can actually see who these well you can see these people. He starts crying cuz he is finally able to face reality. He has finally come so far. Is he able and to be that, more of a human being? Yeah, he's he's a human being. And that's a silent voice. So that's the movie and goodbye. Try to <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking if I have uh, nope goodbye. Other f- random facts: uh, it did get a 30 million dollar gross worldwide, which is pretty good. Did number two in Japan for anime movies. Basically, I think the only thing that's beaten it so far is Your Name, and that was just a cultural phenomenon. So it's pretty being second tomato to that second tomato second. It's definitely second tomato. Second fiddle to that isn't half bad. I, like I think I missed two completely different things, but that's fine. Well, I have a question, actually. You said it grossed $30 million worldwide. What was the budget? I couldn't find that. I don't. They don't really talk about that as much in Japan, I don't think. Oh, really? Other than that, uh, again, Kyoto Animation made this. Uh, for those who watch anime, they are known for K-On, Clanad, Lucky Star, The Melancholy of Haru Suzumiya... Uh, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, and much, much more. I have not heard of any of those. I've heard of a few of those. The the (laughs) few of them that I've heard of are all considered to be, like, sad things, or sad animes to watch. The sound work in this, I think, is just outstanding, which makes sense considering the theme of the movie being, like, deaf people, so it makes sense that sound would play a lot of roles in this. Yeah. And uh, the soundtrack, in my opinion, is also really, really good. Uh, even not inc- even if you not include my generation for whatever reason. My generation. Dun, 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 dun. I think with that we can get to the ratings before all these people pass out. Um, just for consistency's sake, uh, yes. Sam, let's start with you. All right. So it. Yeah, anime definitely isn't my thing. As I've mentioned before, it's obvious thing. It's just not not my thing. Um, but yeah, I liked it all right. Um, even though it's probably a little lost to me because it's not something I'm super into. I did like the soundtrack. My generation. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Right, like yeah. one song in particular. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I think Jiraiya just listened to that song on loop for like two hours while we watched this movie. Is that not what we were supposed to do? <laughs> I like the animation. I would probably have to give it like a seven for me personally. Um, I think I think that's pretty high for somebody who says they don't like it at all. I don't, I'm not saying they don't like it at all. I just it's just not really my thing. So I think it's yeah. I, She's maybe just saying I wouldn't if it appreciate... wasn't animated by Japanese people that she would like it more. <laughs> no. no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. God damn it. <laughs> I don't think I can appreciate it as much as somebody that likes anime. But anyway, 
I think some of the characters didn't deserve their redemption. Like Kawhi, uh, she was kind of a bitch. And the yeah. black-haired girl, what's her name? Ueno. Yeah, uh, she was a C-word. <laughs> say that? Can I say cunt? She was a cunt. I think the main character, what's his name? I, I don't remember sure, yeah. character name. Yeah, that guy. I think he redeemed himself all right. That's he actually apologized eventually. And <laughs> yeah. And I mean, she's not wrong. The other characters did not, and I don't like that. Um, and I don't think they deserved to be his friend or their friend. So I think uh, the girl, what's her name? <laughs> Which one? The, the deaf girl. Shoko. Main girl. Yeah, I think she's way too nice, and if I were her, I'd have been, like, dropping those people 100, 100%, like, way early on, <laughs> but that's just me. Not really into anime, I'd give it a 7. <laughs> that's my rating. <laughs> All right, that anime lovers. <laughs> hey! So I did like this movie. Uh, it's a very beautifully animated movie. Uh, it does have a good soundtrack. It does kind of fall in with uh, the surroundings with it. It complements it, I guess is the word I'm looking for. If you really had to compact it down to like a phrase to kind of sell it to somebody is whenever Shoko says, I, I need to fix or I need to restore what has been or what I destroyed, which that's pretty much the main arm. Soyo's, I said his name wrong. <laughs> Shoyo. Um, it's basically what Shoya is trying to do throughout most of the movie is trying to restore what he destroyed and in a sense trying to bring himself back by doing it in a weird way for me kind of like a redemption story at least through looking at it through his perspective and just the things that happen as it's going on but like I don't know like it's definitely not a perfect movie but it is a really good movie and I did like or I did like it I'd say at least 7.5 out of 10 All right. Jiraiya all right. I like the movie. On this second viewing, I like it less than I did on the first one. I think that's because of the fact that it doesn't really have anything in it. Like Robbie's been saying all night, it's a slice of life kind of thing. And if you've seen that slice of life, like it's on second viewings, it's not as appealing. Like I think visually through the animation, there are deeper story things that you can get from it if you're really, really paying attention. But I think if you're watching it in Japanese and reading the subtitles, that makes paying attention to it much harder because you can't just stare at it and find all these little small details that they do through with the characters. I really, really liked it the first time I watched it. I like it a little less now. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I still like it. I still think it's good. It's animated incredibly well. It's beautifully animated. On this second viewing, I realized I hate almost every single character except for Maria and Broccoli Head, whose name I can't remember. So I forgot to mention her. She's adorable. She's the best part of the movie. Yeah, I, I honestly really, I really, really struggle to like any of the other characters. except I mean, Shoya, I think, does redeem himself, but that's the entire point of the movie is him redeeming himself. Even at the end when he's going over to save uh, Shoko, he is barely starting to realize, like, I never fucking apologized for this. It's literally, at the last ten minutes, he finally gets the redemption arc complete and realizes maybe he's still being an asshole. And I think even here at the end, he's doing a lot of this just for his own self-interests and not so much for her. 
Uh, so that sort of sucks. And I think in a lot of ways, her character is extremely naive because she's been deaf and she's had people mostly mock her her whole life. And so I honestly feel like through most of the thing, people are still just constantly taking advantage of her in a way that feels super shitty even at the end. I hate all of the characters that aren't Broccoli Head and Maria and some of Shoya and Shoku. I literally hate them. They're the worst individuals, and I don't think any of them redeemed anything about themselves, literally at all. They're still the same terrible people at the end of it, but now they're the terrible people that like the person they bullied as a kid. Um, if I had to give it a rating, I'd give it a 6. Wow, lower than my rating. <laughs> I really hate the ancillary yeah. characters. Yeah, I think it's because he watches the second time around, he just started like picking, like, oh, I guess I don't like that. And like, I think whatever sense that he had of this movie whenever he first watched it, it started to like kind of crumble the second viewing around. I think that's a lot of the problem with a lot of coming-of-age stories, honestly, because that's ultimately what this is, is a coming-of-age story that pushes the anti-bullying message way forward, which it's a great message and it's something that should be followed, but I think that in the end, it gives second chances to people who literally don't deserve any second chances because they haven't changed any of their behavior literally at all. They've, in fact, doubled down on some of their terrible behavior. So that just becomes more apparent yeah. in repeat viewings, I think. Yeah, it tries to give, like, a life lesson that it doesn't really translate well because it's kind of... Well, I think it's mostly trying to get the life lessons to the main characters, but the other ones just kind of get shoved to the side in a weird way. So I guess that leaves it with uh, E. What do you think of this movie? So as I, I believe I said at the start, this is actually my fourth viewing of this movie. And unlike Jiraiya, I think I like this movie a little more each time I watch it. I agree with the idea that it is not every character really does get the full redemption. Um, I'm assuming this is probably a lot of time issues, honestly, where I would assume in the manga they probably give more time to these other characters. Yeah, like... you're saying that in the manga that it's long, like it, um, the manga's short enough that they can't do a whole series of it, but it's long enough for a movie. Yeah. And that might have been what it was, is that they had to cut some stuff in order to fit it into a movie size. Although I should say, that's my guess. Uh, don't take that as, like, a fact fact. That's just my guess based off of what I was looking at regarding the information. But um, I I just love a lot about this movie. I, like, the slice of lifeness is actually up my alley. I'm a person who will repeatedly watch Slice of Life. To the point, like, I just rewatched uh, Azumanga Daio, which is entirely a slice of life with no actual real cohesion plot to follow. I don't I know just, if I would like that. I get a lot of people don't. Kind of funny to me. It feels like one. an inverse of some of the romance movies we watched last month, especially um the one where the guy cheated on his wife, where I spent a lot of that saying I didn't feel he deserved any redemption and you are saying he did whereas this one i do think a lot of the characters did learn a bit again i think they could have used more time to fully develop what they learned because we really just got the start of their arcs yeah there were a lot of things in this movie that did feel rushed ultimately this movie just hits a lot of really good notes for me um i relate to a lot of the characters regarding a lot of what they kind of deal with so a lot of this is just because i can relate to them so well and i'll go on 
like I love the soundtrack. I love I love all of the animation. It's beautifully animated. If you're, I could say you can probably watch this based off of just the animation alone, almost. Just ultimately, I just really love this, and I'm going to unironically, I'm giving this a ten. Okay. I just really love this movie. So the rating, the ratings are pretty much everywhere on this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. What to really get from this, I guess, is you will probably get something very different from this movie depending on where you're at and if you watch this movie a second time, apparently. <laughs> or if you watch it a fourth time. I think it's like a shoehorn or a horseshoe shoehorn. Is this horseshoe different life perspectives are going to give you a different opinion on how you view the movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. That, that could be said for just about anything, too, so... Well, yeah, that, but that's why we have multiple people on the podcast, too, is yeah. to give multiple opinions because we're all – let's be fair. We all have different lifestyles, and so we're all going to take different things from the same movie. Yeah, some people connect to things more deeply than others. So. Right. Well, what did you think about this movie, listener, assuming you've seen it? Uh, feel free to contact us at our many things that we can. Uh, the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are the last ones in uh, on Facebook, we are also the last ones in. I believe so. Uh, Dry, feel free to step in at any point and correct me. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, so, what do you think? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Did you think it was overrated? Uh, if you're in that boat, I guess. Um, do you think I'm just an idiot and only gave this a high rating due to the fact that it was animated? All right. But yeah, we have been the last ones in. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, feel f- and we appreciate the continued support of the show. Uh, it's going to be a little weird for a couple weeks. We hope you bear with it with us. Yeah, I'll uh, dole down what you were saying. It's going to be a little weird on here for a couple of weeks because we're going to be doing some remote podcasting. So it's going to be a bunch of varied mic audios until we can maybe figure something out later. Uh for now, we're kind of looking at, at a little bit of what you heard this episode. Now, the quarantine that we have, uh, let's see here, it should last for maybe two more weeks, maybe, but it counts on how this virus progresses and how people treat it, considering, you know, there's people... It's one of those weird things. You tell someone you shouldn't do something and they're okay with it. You tell someone they can't do something and then they're all automatically not okay with it. And um, Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for all the support on the Facebook video. Um, saw those views and they're still coming in. That's honestly really incredible. Thank you so, 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 so much uh, for all your support since we started this thing. We're going to keep going even through the end of the world. So we will be talking to you again next week. E, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for hating the movie. You're welcome. (laughs) Sam, thank you for being here uh, two weeks in a row. Yeah. (laughs) And Robbie, thank you for joining us from your blanket fort. Thanks. I like my blanket fort. (laughs) It's beautiful. And I like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Talk to you guys next week. Have a great week. Bye. 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 Isn't life, isn't life just like 99% filler?
Yeah, is it? What is real life other than a slice of life anime? <laughs> I wonder how many dates you've been asked out on without you realizing you've been asked out on a date. Considering the amount of women I actually talk to, I'm going to say zero. <laughs> yeah, I think since the Pope canceled Easter, that means that Jesus, like, didn't see his shadow, right? Oh, yeah? How many fingers am I holding up? Uh, your hand's on your penis. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>